The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Uh, let me quickly, Surio, re- you're next on the docket here. Let me quickly reset things. We are now officially past the trade deadline, although, uh, as Bobby Marks reports, they just teams just need to be on a call together by 3 o'clock. It doesn't need to be a call with the league. It doesn't need to be paperwork submitted. The teams that are making a trade just need to start their call before noon Pacific time. So we will continue to monitor the wire here while we get these last few tidbits of news. Uh, and I'm going to report those here in just a second. But this is also when uh, folks listening on Fantasy NBA Today are likely to tune in. So we will have a recap segment here mid-show. Welcome to the After the Fact podcast listeners. Hello once again to everybody watching our four-hour trade deadline live special on YouTube. Please, if you are watching on YouTube, either now or later, click that thumbs up button under the window. Subscribe to the YouTube page so you get all of our fantasy live shows as they come out. We also have all of our podcasts, or many of them, that get sort of uh, simulcast here on YouTube. Those are via the uh, automated upload system, so you get lots of our stuff over here as well. Uh, Again, subscribe, hit the like button. To those watching or listening on Fantasy NBA Today, hello, I am Dan Bespris. I am joined here for the final hour uh, of our trade deadline live show by a a, a, a cast of characters. Surio, I, I think you might have to go here, but and, and I want to make sure you get to oh. say your last thought before you do. Uh, so that's going to be the welcome to everyone in Fantasy NBA today. Surio, what's up, man? Oh, I was going to say we had a, we had news. What you got? What we, you got? Andre Drummond's done. In, like He got bought out. Oh. That's done. Okay, then. Well, so no trade yeah. on the Drummond front. Uh, I'm not that surprised by that. That actually might go with your what you were saying about the like the the leverage for future moves and like if they just dump him for whatever they could get like a, a second round pick from three years from now because no one wants Andre Drummond. Um, why would they like at that point? So they can just say we didn't well, we didn't get anything. So we now we're done. All the posturing surrounding that guy's big contracts that never panned out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I mean, and, and now you're now you're bought out. Crazy. I mean, I think that's that's what the whole league kind of knew, right? Is why are we going to give Cleveland anything for a guy you've already banished off the team who's going to be a free agent next season who we could just sign outright? And Cleveland had no use for him. That Jared Allen trade, while they were opportunistic in taking advantage of that, that sort of kiboshed any leverage they had on the on the Drummond trade front. That was interesting. <laughs> is that, uh, Dan Gilbert's son is being reported as being a part of the decision-making apparatus there. I mean, you're already kind of one of the league's laughing stocks for a few different reasons. And, and, and what did that, what, what impact did that have in this? Cause it just doesn't seem like, I mean, from an asset management standpoint, like I'd have to go back and look at all the dots to connect them again, but like, it just seems like they played that all wrong. I mean, it, feel, it feels like that's a common theme that we've been talking about for the Cleveland Cavaliers for a long time, even going back to their sort of initial LeBron tenure. Right. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, let me tell everybody who they're listening to also here before we dive into what's starting to look more like a recap hour. Uh, although uh, players now starting to, to tweet out whether they're staying or not. Larry Nance Jr. sending out an I'm staying tweet. Chris Mannix reporting that Victor Oladipo is not being traded. We'll see if that does indeed hold. Uh, Oladipo is not being a, traded, huh? There's a fake Woj Kyle Lowry tweet that's making the rounds. That is not real. Yes. So keep an eye on that one. But the other voices that you're listening to, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we told you about Surio. He is at SassClown on Twitter. The great Aaron Bruski, our founder here at Hoop-Ball.com. He is at Aaron Bruski. And good buddy, Ethan Noroff, host of the HoopBall Lakers cast and a longtime fantasy expert. Ethan underscore Noroff, N-O-R-O-F. Ethan, what are your thoughts so far? And I'll jump in if anything breaks here in the next few seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Vucevic trade was it's, – it's rare that the most exciting trade of the day, at least for me, is the initial trade. Um, I thought the Bulls were very opportunistic in, in taking there. I have no idea what the Orlando Magic are doing. Um, it seems weird, and it's only getting weirder. Uh, from the Lakers' standpoint, I'll tell you that in the event that Drummond is bought out now, 
you have to think that the Lakers are at the forefront of the line for his services just because we've been talking about for center all year, basically, even with a healthy Marcus All, even with a healthy Montrez Harrell, even when the whole roster's healthy. And if you're Drummond, right? Sure, you could go to Brooklyn, but what's your role going to be, especially when they brought in Blake Griffin? They have Nico Claxton. I don't think that would make a lot of sense. Or you could play alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James for Lakers and contend for a title. And as a player going into free agency looking to rebuild his value, because he's not going to get another $25-plus million deal. It's hard to imagine at this point. You'd think the Lakers make the most sense for that. I mean, I think this is why the Lakers were sort of hesitant in re-signing Damian Jones for the rest of the season deal. They wanted to keep those open roster spots. They wanted to have that flexibility. And the Lakers need help. I mean, look, LeBron and AD, as constructed, this team is good enough. But they need some help. They need a little wing depth. So if that's feasible, I'd say that that's a priority. But that rim protector in the middle, you know, Andre Drummond, I don't know that so many call him the rim protector du jour. But it's clear that this team for the most of the season has missed the element that they had previously in Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, having those guys who can rim run a little bit. Marcus Gasol is a very intelligent player, but his vertical <laughs> jump is about what mine is these days. And Montrez Harrell is an undersized energy center. So neither of those guys bring that element. Even if Drummond plays 20 minutes a game for this Lakers team, I think it would be a significant boost to their overall season. Yeah. Surio, yeah, do, you, so- do you have to go now? Yeah, I should probably hop off. <laughs> Thanks, Surio. Yeah. Uh, he is at SassClown on Twitter. Big thank you to Surio for the uh, 11 to 12 hour here. And good morning, Adam King, the sun rising in Australia. You can see he is at AdamKing91 on Twitter, comma, half awake. Did So the, the, the lack of anything happening at uh, noon Pacific didn't finish waking you up today? Uh, no, I've, I've actually been up since about, 3.30 a.m. my time. My so, good God, man. Um, that's why I've got this <laughs> with me. No one else is awake. I'm probably going to wake them up by being on this. <laughs> awesome. Um, and the sun isn't even up yet. It's still pitch black outside. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh. The dedication. The great Adam King here joining us for can, the... Can, uh... can I shout out the shirt and the cat in the, in the background? Yeah. Yeah, my cat's waiting for his food to come out. Are those pickles? Uh, they are, yes. <laughs> we're, yes. We're it. We well, we call them gherkins. Oh, sure, ah. yeah. yeah, yeah. My, uh, but yes, they th- are pickles. This is a strong divergence from the topic at hand. But by the way, uh, Brad Wanamaker was traded to the Hornets here as one of the twelve o'clock news breaks. That's um, a little bit of a letdown. Um, there's a uh, there's a cartoon called Blaze and the Monster Machines where uh, there's a character named Pickle and he has a younger brother. And we do, by the way, have a finally the massive Oladipo news break that just came out. Uh, anyway, Pickle's kid brother is named Baby Gherkin. So that's where we statesiders learn our, our lingo. Um, Houston is trading Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat. This is from the actual Woj there account. There we go. Wow. There we go. We got our 1208 news break uh miami they they got one of the guys that they were linked to we do not have the other half of this deal but i know we've got thoughts and so i'm going to the man that started the website brew what do you make of this one at first glance it it makes me think they lost out on lowry it it makes me wonder what's up with goran Dragic. um that team without Dragic has not been good and so um, they need somebody with an offensive mentality. This might be one of the few places that Victor Oladipo makes sense. Uh, obviously got to see, you know, look at the cap and, and really sit down and look at it. And, and I'm sure some people will beat me to the punch there. But uh, basketball-wise, it fits. I don't think he's going to be productive from a fantasy standpoint, um, or at least overly productive, I should say. Uh, this opens things up for Kevin Porter. I put a big fab bid in for Kevin Porter and um, in, in a very important high stakes league and just sort of waiting and waiting for John Wall, who probably will clear himself out of the equation to some degree uh, mm-hmm. via games off or if not an outright shutdown. Um, so that's just huge news for me. Yay. Um, and for those who have Kevin Porter or if somehow he became available in your league, you got to go run, don't walk, run, make sure you've got him. Uh, Brew, but, what do you think about guys like Daniel House and Jay Sean Tate? They've been playing a lot here, even when Victor was in. Yeah, House looks good, thankfully. You know, he didn't play for a while, so you, you had question marks about what was his, you know, where was he at physically. So that's good. Tate's been, you know, top 125-ish, so maybe a little bit lower during the the, the, the lulls. And he, I think he's just going to keep going the way he's been going, and he's been great for them. 
uh, who else over there? Um, Kenyon Martin Jr. is is a really deep cut that they that just keep an eye on him because he's been making some plays and and that front court you know behind Wood uh, Patton looked like he might be a guy. Oh wow, Raptors keeping Lowry. Yeah. How does that happen? That's how so does that happen? Hilarious. That's a crazy. That is hilarious. <laughs> Unbelievable. Bye, Kyle. Everybody, bye. They 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 said Hello. bye. They had a bye bye press conference. Crazy. Oh my god, that is hilarious. So the Heat I mean, got uh, the Heat wanted either Oladipo or Lowry, and and whatever bid we're about to find out was good enough for Houston, but uh, apparently not good enough for Toronto. Uh, it sounded like someone was about to say something, Ethan or Adam. Which of you was? I, I think I was just going to say, you know, for for me, the Heat pivoting to Oladipo, or shouldn't even say pivoting, right? Because they've been linked for a while. But going with Oladipo instead of Lowry, we kept hearing that the Raptors were unwilling to move Lowry without either THC from the Lakers or without Tyler Hero from the Heat. And so that tells me that the Heat said no to Tyler Hero. So if it comes across that Hero is being traded to Houston for Oladipo, then you say, okay, that's weird. But save for that, you have to think Miami goes for what is a quote-unquote cheaper route, right? Depot's contract is coming up. We knew he was on his way out after he declined that extension from the Rockets. And we'll see. I mean, Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo, it's nice. Bam Adebayo is their best player outside of Jimmy Butler. So that's that's a good little something. Will they have enough to return to the finals? That's that's a much larger question. I think probably right now the answer is no. Hmm. Adam? Uh, look, I think everything's been covered. But something that is interesting is about five minutes before that, that tweet came out about Oladipo, there were tweets going around about saying that he wasn't going, he was staying, um, and then people were reacting, saying Kevin Porter Jr. can be dropped, he loses his value. He was just dropped in two of my leagues about 90 seconds before the trade went wow. through. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> How do you not wait until the end, at least until 1 o'clock, to, to make a move with such potential significance? That's incredible to me. Yeah, some People, early rises, uh, obviously, over here. Oh, boy. I, you know, that was something that uh, I mentioned, I think, during the 10 o'clock hour, that you generally see more people make rash drops at the trade deadline than you do see people making, you know, league-winning pickups. And that that's a pretty decent example of that, I, I, I'd venture to say. So it, uh, it it's – that's that's wild. I, I the, the Kyle Lowry thing, um, you know, it has these – this – this trickle down effect as well um, where, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about someone like a Gary Trent jr. Who you, you figured would probably slot in as like maybe the starting shooting guard next to Freddie Van Vliet. And instead uh, he really is now just new Norman Powell, isn't he? Like uh, Adam, I'll come right back to you that, that the, the path to a bigger role in Toronto than what Powell had before kind of got slammed shut with no Lowry trade. Yeah, look, not much. Yeah, I think so. It's, um, as you mentioned, that Lowry thing, that, that's interesting because it looked like he was done when they showed videos of him leaving the court and doing the press conference. And, yeah. Um, and when I woke up this morning, it hadn't happened, but it, it was sort of, it seemed inevitable. But you, I was watching, I've been watching the show and the clock just kept ticking and he, he just didn't go anywhere. So um, I still haven't got my head around all the trades that have even happened this morning. <laughs> yeah, because, you're just waking up, poor guy. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, look, tr uh, Gary Trent's an interesting one for me because I think when I, I know when I was having played basketball for so long, for 30 whatever, well, I don't even know how old I am now, 40-something, but it's 30-odd um, <laughs> years having played. When I watch players on the court, uh, sometimes they, they just look like they're meant to be there. They look like basketball players. Gary Trent looks like a basketball player. Um, and I, I think he has a lot more to offer than he has yet. And so I'm really intrigued to see what he does now that he's been moved. Oh, this Rockets trade. Are you guys seeing the return? Oh. It's popping up. Hang on. Oh, my yes. Lord. Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 pick swap. That's nothing. So I, that's, that's, a, that's a big pile of junk. And if Victor Oladipo thinks he's going to make more money than the Rockets uh, previously offered to him, that may be a surprise for him moving forward based on what he was returned for. 
Yeah. I, I got an angle here. Um, hmm. I'm surprised to see Kelly Olynyk go because he's about you know twice the player that that Nemanja Bialica is. But we know Bialica can put up numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, fantasy leagues this kind of opens things up for him there seems like they expect mm-hmm. lamarcus aldridge is coming to town huh yeah mm-hmm. that that would probably be the next shoe to drop because you can't say i mean you're seriously going to compete in the east and you're going to flip kelly olenic you know your your only big man that's that's credible behind <laughs> bam out of bio marquise um, chris just got traded but we can save that for later <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I will say if, if, yeah, if you're, if, if you're looking for a player development angle, right, Marquise Chris in the Spurs system is at least interesting. Of course, he hasn't played all season. So that's got to be a bet on the future, right? And that's what the direction the Spurs are moving toward. But like Brew was just saying, if you're talking about having a LaMarcus Aldridge down in Miami now, okay, so you've got Aldridge, Bam, Oladipo, Butler. Again, is it good enough? If you were to tell me Goran Dragic was going to be healthy, I'd feel a lot better about that. But without that, that's putting a lot of pressure on Tyler Hero, and we saw his bubble kind of pop in the bubble last season hmm. when it came when the games matter. Let's do a little bit of a uh, of a rehash here, because I think I think we're getting towards the end of the road. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Marquise Chris on my big board here because I am keeping tabs on everything that goes down, and technically that is a trade. Uh, but he's been hurt this whole year; he's not playing until next season anyway. Um. Ethan and Adam, in particular, I haven't really bugged you guys for kind of a, a broad picture type of stuff today. Here is the the quick hitter version, and you guys just yell at me if something breaks while I'm, while I'm talking about everything that's gone on so far. Lightning round style. Uh, Delon Wright to the Kings for Corey Joseph last night. JaVale McGee to the Nuggets for Isaiah Hartenstein. Vooch to the Bulls for Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. Got to get those juniors, the... Uh, Magic collecting them. Evan Fournier to the Celtics for picks. Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets for Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton. Mo Wagner, Troy Brown Jr. to Chicago for Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchison. Nemanja Bielica to Miami for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. George Hill to the Sixers. Tony Bradley uh, back. I have already, I've lost track. He's to the OKC. Terrence Ferguson to the Knicks. Austin Rivers, OKC, their three-way trade confusing one a little bit norm powell to the blazers for gary trent jr and rodney hood matt thomas to the jazz for picks terrence davis to the kings for picks jj reddick to the to the mavs for i don't know if we've seen the return on that yet brad wanamaker to the hornets same deal victor oladipo to miami for kelly olinick avery bradley and marquise chris to the spurs um ethan who are your fantasy winners i guess the ones that really jump out at you i like the i like the role rondo's about to assume in los angeles with the clippers i mean i think that's that's a team that should have probably just signed him in free agency right off the bat you know lou williams goes down to atlanta where he can go to magic city anytime pat beverly's been hurt for the majority of this year and this gives the clippers a legitimate playmaker starts to take the pressure off of pg and Kawhi exclusively but also a guy who can rack up assists i mean if we were playing fantasy bubble ball in the finals last year rondo would have been an mvp candidate right Tice has just been traded yeah daniel yes. to the bulls I was ask you guys about that do you see um robert williams available in any of your leagues no he has not been available in any of my <laughs> leagues for some period of time now and i think you know this is two, this is about two things for the celtics right because obviously time lord has come on but also by by taking fournier's contract for those two picks they got themselves to find uh they have luxury tax concerns right so i think by trading tice and taking back Mo Wagner, they get themselves back under that luxury tax line. Is that what's going the other way? I I, I was asking because, I mean, there's been stretches where Time Lord's been a top 25 guy. He's been tremendous. Yeah, and but when he's getting 14 minutes a game and, like, he had an empty stat line last night, you just don't know. Like, are, are people sleeping in some maybe intermediate or beginner leagues out there? And if Tice is gone, and that appears to be the case, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that that just opens it all up. And from the Celtics standpoint, though, I kind of thought they needed all three big men um, because each one does a different thing. And uh, so I guess Wagner will probably in some ways be better um, than Tice, but maybe that's not a true statement just given the experience that Tice has had doing battle with those guys. Um, He's just really a little slow very brittle 
um, has probably lost his confidence from the three point line, if I had to guess, and um, not quite as good as they need. So now they they take a little bit of a step back, maybe there. So that's a little bit of an interesting angle from a competition standpoint for the Celtics. Um, so we we got this flurry here, right at the at the tail end. Um, Adam, do you see any obvious? winners among these names does kelly olenic see any kind of role is time lord getting the path cleared out maybe the the one thing from these late pushes what about oladipo in miami without them having to give up any of their young scoring wing types like this is i feel like teams just got a bit more cluttered other than boston's center spot where you have to assume uh wagner sees less of a role than daniel tice does uh i'll go adam first on this one uh, yeah, I mean, I like Time Lord here. Um, and I think Tristan Thompson is still out as far as I know. So Williams is the only centre there because I'm assuming it'll take a couple of days for Wagner to clear and get across and, and play. So Robert Williams could play more than 30 minutes in at least one game. That'll be really exciting to see what he can do. <laughs> uh, it won't last. Um well, I hope he doesn't break. Is the problem? Well, that's yeah, that's all foul out. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't mind Olinick in in Houston. There, I mean, I think he'll still he'll play. Um, I think the winners for me today, which which sort of harps back to your question about before Tice was traded and we went off on a tangent. Wendell Carter Jr. is a big winner uh, for me today. Otto Porter. Is probably a winner as well, um, and for deep leagues, I actually I think Hartenstein could be interesting because uh, going across to Cleveland, there Javale McGee was playing minutes. Um, he had been sort of seeing eighteen to twenty minutes. So Hartenstein, I think if he can get if he can get eighteen to twenty minutes a night somehow uh, in deep leagues, I think he's worth a look. Uh, Brew, any thoughts on these last little tidbits flipping in? I'm currently looking at the odds for tonight's games. Um, so I don't, I don't have, um, I'm not <laughs> you're paying trying, attention. You're trying to say, sneak from, in a bet before I'm things I'm trying are... to see if there's an angle there. I, I need to catch up after last night. Uh, you know, these last few deals that have, that have come through. Here's an interesting angle. Um, Chris Boucher, as I was looking at this trade deadline and thinking that there was going to be an exodus, from Toronto, I was just kind of wondering what Chris Boucher could be. You know, he's got the, I don't want to say the best fantasy stat set that I've ever seen, but like, it made me think like, is it better than Anthony Davis's stat set? And these are obviously two different players. Like they're not in in the same hemisphere in terms of overall talent, but it just seems like Boucher pours everything he has into the things that matter in standard fantasy leagues. So I don't know that that happens now. You know, if they're still in this kind of same sort of rotation, they're going to try to make a playoff run. Um, heck, you might ri- ride, you know, the Raptors for the next couple of weeks because they get that feeling of, okay, hey, we didn't blow it up and now we're going to make a go at it. Um, you know, maybe that's not true. We'll see. But um, he's not going to get cut loose like that anymore. It's just going to be more of the same where he has big games followed up by, you know, small games that are, you know, better than a lot of guys' best games. Um, so that that's an angle there. I don't know. What was the recent move that was made? Is it we're talking uh, Marquise Chris? We could talk some Marquise Chris. If he's healthy, Marquise Chris landing in, in, in San Antonio where they're going to be a little thin, even though a lot of those young guys will take a lot of those minutes. They got a lot of ball games down the stretch. It's not the worst place he could land. Hmm. Okay, here's what I want to do. I think we might be done with breaks at this point. I think we might be through the news breaks. So I want to go through each of you guys and what you know however long this takes, uh, but you know, obviously to know later than one o'clock Pacific time, that's when we'll shut this thing down. And maybe we end a minute or two early. I don't know. Uh, we're always ballparking a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice begins to sort of wear down a bit during this final hour. Um. I want to get a feel from each of you on what you've done in your own leagues to this point. And, and I'll lead this to just sort of set an idea. I'm in what I consider to be pretty darn competitive 12-team leagues, for the most part. Uh, so they play probably a little bit more like 14-teamers because the benches are kind of deep. We're 
You know, the Roto Leagues is a five-player bench, so, uh, you know, a 15 per team instead of 13 or 14. And likewise for, uh, you know, some of my head-to-head leagues actually have like a start 13 guy kind of thing. So they, they play a bit like 14 teamers. The only thing I did today, and now I kind of want to undo it, but weekly roster moves and all that stuff, was when it seemed like Kyle Lowry was getting moved, I picked up Gary Trent in a more in a league that has weird settings that ends up playing a bit more like a points league type of format. That's the only thing I actually did. I sort of checked in to see where Otto Porter was rostered. I, uh, I checked in to see where Wendell Carter Jr. was rostered, and generally these guys are on teams in every league, so I think Otto was available in one, but it was not a spot where I had someone I wanted to drop. Um, I, I kicked the tires on RJ Hampton, but I didn't end up making a move there. Uh, I picked up Dennis Smith Jr. in some places last night, but as far as the last three and a half hours have gone, I really didn't do very much to my teams to this point other than checking on some guys that were generally already rostered. Um, so, Brew, I'm going to have you go last on this one because I know you're in maybe the most competitive leagues out of everyone, so we'll kind of work our way up the board a little. Uh, so, Ethan, I'll come to you first. For I, I basically flipped a coin between you and Adam on this one. What kind of sure. leagues are you in? What have you done today, and what have you seen happen in your leagues, and kind of how do you feel about it? So very similarly to the leagues that you described, you know, 12 team heavily competitive leagues with longer benches and longer starting lineups, which leaves the waiver wire bare. Uh, a guy who I did pick up today as a result of both the Vucevic and Aaron Gordon trades, Tuma Okeke, who's a guy who I have flirted with previously this year in particular. Uh, he's coming off of a 17 point game. He dealt with some health issues earlier in his career, but as the Magic look to rebuild, you're not going to have Jonathan Isaac for the remainder of the season. Okeke's a guy who should be able to contribute so long as he's not capped by his own sort of playing time restrictions. I like a big man who can shoot the three, can score the basketball, gets a few rebounds, can contribute defensively, though I wouldn't rely on him. So Okeke's a guy for me who I think should be garnering a little bit more consideration than he probably is. I know a lot of people were sort of looking at the other sides of those trades, right? Because when you're looking at Vucevic, okay, Wendell Carter Jr. doesn't really excite me, right? Otto Porter Jr. definitely doesn't excite me. And when you're looking at the returns for Aaron Gordon, like you said, Dan, R.J. Hampton, it's kind, of, it's kind of like they got three first-round picks if we're throwing in R.J. Hampton as a first-round pick, right? But does anyone really know what he is in reality, let alone in fantasy? It's hard to say. We think he's going to have an opportunity in Orlando, but it could also be short-lived because they're kind of seeing what they can get, the exploring of the potential. But Okeke's a guy they've invested in, and they're a guy that, that got playing time even prior to these moves being made. So I think he's a guy who should warrant additional consideration in pretty much any league. By the way, you know, one thing I forgot to uh, scream about earlier, you know who else didn't go anywhere besides Kyle Lowry? Terrence Ross didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it before that we uh, like we said 15% chance that Terrence Ross stays, 15% chance that Kyle Lowry stays. They stayed, and, you know, with Lowry, there's still a bunch of guys around him in Toronto, so role doesn't shift and, you know, high-level guy, so his role usually doesn't move all that much. Uh, by the way, we found out the J.J. Redick trade deals. They just came out recently. Dallas is sending James Johnson and Wesley Awundu to the Pelicans for J.J. Redick and Nicolo Melli are going back the other way. Uh, but Terrence Ross might take 25 shots a night the rest of the way because uh, they sent out everyone. And his tweet that he is the captain now is absolutely right. Vooch gone, Gordon gone, Fournier gone. It's Ross versus the world. Uh, King, Kingmaker, what do you got on today? Where, what did you do in your leagues? What did your league mates do? What do you think about the stuff that happened in your leagues? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, the Kevin Porter Jr. thing that I mentioned was, was interesting. It's not something I did. I think for me, it was probably more about what I didn't do than what I, than what I did. So I, yeah, uh, a lot yeah. of people last night... Um, last night my time afternoon your time <laughs> what? whatever it was um dropped delon right i didn't drop delon right um I, i've held on to him everywhere uh i've got um uh thad young in a couple of leagues i'm not sure what his value looks like now uh going forward but i mean the last few games he's only played sort of minutes in the low 20s and he's still been able to put up value so um and I mean, I'm, I don't need to convince you that that Thad Young is worth holding. <laughs> um, he's your captain. 
<laughs> he, uh, is, he, is the, he has long time been the captain of my ship. Yeah, so, yeah, look, I think I, I haven't... There, there's a couple of players that I've sort of had my eye on, that sort of thing, but I, I don't know, no, no one... No one that I rushed out to grab, or that when I woke up this morning at three thirty, I went, "I've got to get this guy before everyone else wakes up." <laughs> uh, it, it's it's more about yeah these guys that I didn't drop. Um, I'm glad I didn't drop Wendell Carter Jr. in any of my leagues yet, uh, and and Chris Boucher potentially his role gets a little bit bigger now that Norm Powell's gone, and and maybe they. Maybe they look at sort of sh- shuffling that rotation a bit and going big. Um, so, yeah, look, I think no earth-shattering moves to be made, I don't think, just some just some small ones. But it's as as we talked about on Twitter and, and, and everywhere, really, don't don't drop players too quickly in the, in, when the trade deadline's happening because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen in an hour or in 20 minutes or in three hours. So uh, that was it for me. Yeah, you will likely you will more likely regret the guys you dropped than appreciate the guys that you add and your trade deadline moves. That's happened very often. Uh, not a lot of activity actually in in my leagues this trade deadline. I thought somebody would do something harebrained and wild, but uh, for the most part, things have been relatively mellow. Brew, you're in leagues where you really got to go a digging. Uh, what have you seen happen in yours today, trade deadline day? And and I know you're in like 32 of them, so feel free to pick your favorites. <laughs> it's funny because I'm I, I purposely pick leagues that I don't have to do a lot of work in. Um, so a lot of the 32 are, are I don't do anything. So um, I, and I also try to stay away from daily formats because they're just there's too many leagues and there's not enough hours in the day. So the leagues that that matter to me actually. We, we do weekly fab runs. So that takes a lot of the, the first come first serve element out of this equation for me. Oh, so um, you're chill on trade deadline morning. I am. I mean, it's, I, there are probably one or two leagues I could be more aggressive in. And, um, and I just coast in those leagues and uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I have no problem taking everybody's money in that, that way as well. <laughs> um, but the, the, the thing that I did this deadline is similar to a lot of deadlines is I'm looking at players and hoping that their situations improve. These are people like Melton is going to be, and unfortunately there is no relief in sight for Melton uh, at least right now, as it seems. And uh, you know, this is somebody that's been at about a 120 value and, and doing it in like 21 minutes per game, just guessing right there. And, and that investment I don't know if it's going to pan out or not. We'll see. You know, he could have a huge finish and then it ab- absolutely pans out. But in relation to like the early season COVID absence and then some of the injury stuff and then the not getting played, you know, that stuff. He's been in my lineup a lot, actually, and been good in my lineup a lot. So I don't want to completely sell him short here. But, you know, I'm looking at hopefully something, you know, jiggles him loose there. Um, Kevin Porter <laughs> Jr. We we're looking at. I don't know what's going on in the background here. I, I should look, but uh, I just Kevin like Porter the G- idea of something jiggling the Anthony Melton loose. That would be lovely. <laughs> Dan, I love you. Please. Uh, We're all like, yep. we, we could do the last 26 minutes where we just scream about the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't, don't tempt us on this one. Don't tempt Adam on that. He's, he's an expert in that field. <laughs> I, well, but Adam, by all means, take the floor. Cause well, I've Adam, enough screaming on it. I, I, all I do is I point out every game where he's got like a plus 19, you know, plus minus in 16 minutes. And he's the top 10 uh, net rating guy in the league next to the top names in the league, including Dante DiVincenzo. What up? It's, uh, it's, it's so fascinating what they're doing in, in Memphis because they kind of keep winning games. Not a lot, but enough to make it to where it's like, all right, you played in 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever you did. And you won. Hmm. Well, that doesn't make it smart. <laughs> well, Adam, your I guy. I don't uh, watch them anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say your guy Brandon Clark did have a five block game though. He uh, he did. I look at the stats, but if I'm watching it, I, I find it less frustrating if I if I simply just look at a box score than if I actually watch the game. So, I don't. So blame I you. just uh, I just monitor the the box score and watch the stats go up and. Don't get as frustrated. Our, our Memphis Grizz guys, they, it feels like nobody can put a finger on what is actually going on. Like, is it that 
management wants their picks to look good. That's my theory. The whole thing is nuts because if you watch, the, like Adam was talking about, if you watch the Grizzlies games, Mel, and he actually wasn't as good in the first half yesterday, so I'll cut them a little bit of slack. He had a bad first half, three quick turnovers, fine. Bad half, get him out. There's too many games where uh, he comes in, like Bruce said, he's like a plus 12 in seven minutes. He has like nine points, two three-pointers, two steals, three whatever. Grizzlies go on this run where they're from two down to eight up. And then he's just out. It's like, okay, fine. He's out of the ball game. And then he's not to be heard from again for, you know, 16 game minutes. The whole thing it's is just the Holmes thing all over again. Remember how many times Holmes brought the Suns back last year? Yep. But the guys, and they're taking him out. Like DeAndre Aiden was a first overall pick. I get it. Like I've worked in minor league baseball long enough to know when you invest your money in someone, that's the guy that's going to get the reps. We're talking about him losing his playing time to Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain. They just paid Melton. Whatever. Anyway, I, I fell right into the trap. I fell right into the trap. You got me. A uh, lot of questions, by the way, on Kevin Porter Jr. in our live chat. So let's, mm. let's cycle back through Houston here for a minute. We did talk about them briefly right as the Oladipo trade came through. Uh, personally, I am uh, probably a little more bullish on Jay Sean Tate than the average guy, but my love for steals and blocks and field goal percent outweighs my distaste for his not great uh free throw percent and general lack of three pointers uh daniel house is sort of more your high floor low ceiling guy because he's you know he's never going to explode but he's going to be out there getting you his one steal a game and his two threes and you know maybe he bungles into a few assists one of those nights but uh kevin porter who's been out right now and that's created this weird little pocket brew i'm gonna come right back to you on this one because actually the the question in the thread someone was like what was bruce saying on kpj so we'll loop back around, you almost have this little pocket uh, because of his injury, because Depot played a couple of games, because Wall is still in there, where you could almost buy on him. I don't think he's going to get dropped, but could you, what would you give up? Let me, here, instead of just saying, what are all of your thoughts? Because that's a, that's a lazy way to ask a question. Uh, what would you give up right now to buy on Kevin Porter Jr., knowing that he's hurt, knowing that there's going to be this John Wall ramp up, how much would you give up? I mean, this is big business here. Yeah, it's a hard question. He was he was rocking tw top twenty five value there for a couple games. You know, it's two game sample from what I recall. Uh, so I mean, it is what it is. Uh, so they're referring to him as one of their point guards, which I just find fascinating in of itself. You know, this guy's always been sort of a small forward. You know, classification and obviously he can handle. But they're really looking at him as a point guard. And John Wall, man, he put up some stinkers, you know, in the last week or so. And it really, there was the the spat. I don't know if it was a spat, but he had a early exit from his typical shift in the last game. And there was just a lot of like kind of shrugs and, you know, kind of like just, I think for as good as Wall's been, you know, in, in his comeback, so to speak. Um, you know, he took a couple shots during the 19th game that they lost that, that I think it really pissed off Christian Wood. I mean, Christian Wood talked about needing the ball more and it was just this sort of selfishness that you're not that good. Right. So it's time to not do that anymore. And you might see them moving on and, and putting, making him the, the prime guy in the backcourt, set everything up and make all the plays. So you know, I think you're going to see a lot of, say, like 16, 17.8 assists, four rebound type lines, you know, with money counting stats where you, you get these games where there's, you know, kind of a little bit of a garbage time element to them. And that said, you know, the, the, the Rockets <clears throat> have had a good defense in spurts this year. So they, they have a little bit of ability to deflect and, and generate those, those steals and blocks numbers that you like to see. I, to answer your question, I, I'm. I'll put it to you this way: He's probably acquirable for like the Rockets play tonight. They uh, do don't believe they so. Do no. So you got a window here. He's probably acquirable for a top ninety. That was guy. the number I was. That was the number I was going to guess. So here are some guys around. And apologies to Adam and, and Ethan for this segment. That's. 
again, Brooke Lopez box out style. But I want to I want to see this thing through because this is this is a really interesting big time difference maker sort of move. Uh, Colin Sexton Brew is number one hundred. Would you trade him away for Kevin Porter Jr.? Now that's nine cat, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Colin Sexton is going to be one of the next really good guards in this league, and he is going to continue being better and better with every passing game. I would not make that move because he's going to go all the way for the rest of the year. What about Brandon um, Clark? He's 92. And Adam, I, I'm I, would, I, I would do that <laughs> just because he's got a little bit of an injury risk issue. And then who knows what the Grizzlies do. Okay. They could ice him. All right. I just wanted to get a feel for like what you'd reliably give up. He could be a top 25 guy. I should probably be saying yes to the Colin Sexton hmm. example. Uh, just, it's 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 a stat set thing. I'm looking at some of the names. And I'm trying to jump over the ones that have obvious down arrows think, on them. I think people could get them for a 125 guy. You think if in someone a, if it's if it's got names? I, I think that because of the the knee injury, I don't think it really set in that he was the guy. Montrez Montrez Harrell at 106. That's a candidate because oh, yeah. there's name power there. I don't know how much farther you could go because then you kind of run out of name recognition. What uh, about D'Angelo Russell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably should. <laughs> I mean, in a 9-cat league, for sure. Yeah. In an 8-cat league. I, it's very interesting what they're going to do in, in Minnesota because Anthony Edwards is clearly better, in my opinion. Um. He's friends with Cat. They're probably better without him. It's been bit. a pretty consistent theme for D'Angelo Russell in his NBA career for his teams to be better without him so far. <laughs> yeah, that That's one really tough. good year in Brooklyn, but yeah, hmm. generally. He can take over a game. There's no question about that. Yeah. I think I think one of the hardest things to always gauge is, you know, how does that skill set transfer onto a team that's better, right? So when Jordan Clarkson was balling out with the Lakers and scoring 20 a game, people wanted to crown him the next superstar. And then he went to a different team and things changed. It wasn't until he developed in Utah and really embraced that six-man role and played within that confined system that you had a sort of better litmus test for him, right? So now to bring it back to this trade deadline, Here's a guy like Evan Fournier, right, who's having a good season in, or- in Orlando, at least when he's been available to play. What is his usage rate going to be in Boston? Is he going to be some sort of magic bullet that comes in and fixes that? So if you've got Fournier on your team, it's probably a downward arrow because he's not going to be able to have that same usage rate. The Celtics are two games under 500. They're not taking shots away from Jalen Brown. They're not taking shots away from Jason Tatum. I feel like that's always you have to consider the greater context there, right? When people are transferring teams in terms of what their what their skill set could be. But if you're talking about what would you give up for KPJ, man, I'd be I would be tempted to make someone tell me no and say, here's a top 70 guy. I'll give him to you right now for KPJ. Tell me no. Mm. You'd get him. I think you'd get him with every single one. And that's, I mean, and that's the piece, right? The more people listen to us or, or, or sort of see the steam building up behind the hype train that is KPJ, that price is only going to rise. So everybody likes to get a good deal, right? In the card world, you want to buy a card for $4, it's worth six. But sometimes when you offer six and you just make that initial push right in right there, then all of a sudden the value of that card shoots through the roof and you got yourself a deal in the long run. So don't trade the short term for the long run. Don't be afraid to make that offer, especially if he fits the build of your team, because you're talking about a guy like Bruce said, Top 25 upside the rest of the way, and he should have a pretty green light as long as he's healthy. Yeah, I like that yeah. assessment too. You know, I was um, on a on a show earlier this week. I was talking a bit about uh, kind of is is there even enough hype behind Robert Williams? Uh, and it was the same discussion we're having right now about Kevin Porter Jr. Where I was like, Hey, would you would you trade a top 75 guy for Robert Williams right now? And there was a little bit of hesitation, but at the end of the day, the answer had to be yes. Because his floor was top 90. And now they just cleared out Daniel Tice. So that looks like an even less insane thing to think. Where, like, these guys you're talking about, uh, top 75, top 80 range guys, uh, it's it's not even a comparison at this point with a time lord. Who's already up to number 72 in 9-cat in 17 minutes a game. And there's just no way he's not going to be at least that high or like worst case scenario feels like about 19 minutes for him. He's a top 30 guy yeah. right now. He's a monster. In the last seven games, 21 minutes. But you got to take the plunge. You got to be willing to take the plunge though. And that's the thing. We're like, well, what if Robert Williams gets 
uh, yanked around a little bit. Yeah, but the the chance to go so much higher, and it's a similar discussion with Kevin Porter Jr., although it's maybe not quite as clear because the Rockets, you need John Wall to be out of the way as primary ball handler for that thing to really work, where with Robert Williams, like he was already sitting at top 90 at that point. It was just this like very obvious thing that was sitting out on a platter, but you could get it because some people were like, well, what if he takes a tiny step forward and he ends up as a top 75 guy? In your mind, you're going, this dude, if he sees three, four minutes, minutes a game, he's top 50. If he sees five minutes a game, he's top 40. And it just, you get that big buffer in there. But we're now in our last 14 minutes of this thing. So uh, I will one more time say, please, to those of you that checked us out here this last hour with the last round of news breaks, please drop a thumbs up on the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel yeah, we don't do four-hour shows every day, but we do have some really awesome live content that comes out through our YouTube page you will not want to miss. Follow all of these guys. We've had the whole crew come through here today. Uh, all of the links to our, our host and co-host Twitter handles are in the description of this show. So roll in there. Uh, you've got mine. You've got Hoopball Fantasy. Uh, you can actually subscribe to the Bruise Letter in the, uh, the uh, informational sec, the audio Bruise Letter, because... Aaron's arm is falling off. Uh, Steve, Santino, Alan, Brew, Surio, Ethan, Adam. Uh, incredible run. Everybody's Twitter handles are in that. So please do hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the page so you guys can get updates on everything we got going on over here. This is sort of going to be our last go round. We're through the news. We know who's staying, who's going. And this is a little bit of a dumb question, but uh, we're, we're going to sort of hype it by the way uh Woj tweeting that the Miami Heat are expected to get LaMarcus Aldridge post buyout so we did get a little bit of news right now um kind of figured that was the thing that was coming um I don't know that we need to add a whole lot there but hey you know what quickly here uh each of you 30 seconds Adam LaMarcus Aldridge does he belong on a roster if he plays for the Heat Uh, yeah, I have the same thoughts yeah. on that one. <laughs> I, I'm holding him because he's still eligible for an IR spot. Ethan, so I'm just I'm just leaving. Oh, him sorry, <laughs> Ethan. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna roster both Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard at least at one point in time, I think Lamarcus Aldridge is, is a fine gamble. Look, people were rushing out to pick up Blake Griffin and screaming that he had two points in 14 minutes. So I'd rather Lamarcus Aldridge <laughs> than Blake Griffin at this point, and especially given their destination. Brew, what are your thoughts on LMA in Miami? I'm not ruling it out. Like, can he be a top 150 guy? If 150 plays in your league, like 200 plays in a lot of my leagues, 150 could play. I mean, but he... 100? Could he get to 100? No. No, I don't think so. Not with Bam healthy. No, and but but what's interesting is they they struggle on offense. It's like you you can just watch it. It's like instantaneously you just know that they're going to struggle on offense because. Yeah, Jimmy Butler doesn't want to shoot. Bam doesn't want to shoot. And then they bring in a Victor Oladipo. And then with LaMarcus, if you're not using him on offense, he shouldn't be on the floor. So, right. I mean, you might get 23 minutes of really just like a ton of LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, you know, maybe that works out. Could he – I mean, I guess that's Bam playing the four, kind of like when they went to the Bam uh, Myers-Leonard lineups last year, something to that effect. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um we can do some more LaMarcus Aldridge stuff on social media if anybody wants additional thoughts on him. Interesting Teague to the magic. I mean, Teague's blown several opportunities to be good. It oh, looks like he's going to get bought out too. Oh, he's no, going to get bought out there? Okay. No, inten- no intention for him to report, so he'll be another name in the buyout pile there. Hmm. Good. Well, he'll go. I wouldn't want to have to consider that ad. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like, uh, they don't want to play that dude. Uh, okay, so let me... Uh, Give me your quick hitters, each of you, in our final 10 minutes. And, uh, Brew, you get to go last on this one. On the uh, winners and losers of the trade deadline, now that we've got it all rolled together. It doesn't need to be a comprehensive list. Just the names that really leap out to you. We're going to tie it all together. Uh, and then uh, I'll, after I send you guys off to get a little bit of a breather, then I'll, I'll wrap up the show myself. So, uh, Ethan... Your your biggest couple of winners, your biggest couple of losers, things that you're sort of keeping a really close watch on. It's wrap-up time, guys. I love the Bulls getting Vucevic. I don't think they were going to acquire a player of that caliber through free agency, 
I think the acquisition cost is more than reasonable. He's probably the most underappreciated star in the NBA in terms of what he does night in, night out. I think they still got to solve the Lowry marketing problem. They're giving up Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. and a couple of picks for Vucevic. That's an easy win for me. I actually love what the Blazers did, getting Norman Powell for Gary Trent and, and Rodney Hood. Trent's going into restricted free agency. Powell has a player option. He's probably going to decline. Immediately improves the ceiling of their team. And we saw in the bubble last year, even though they kind of snuck into the playoffs back door, you know, they're a team that can compete with any other, especially when they're shooting the ball at three-point land. So I like Portland and I like Chicago. Uh, Magic are losers to me. I just don't know what they're doing. I know they had to reset it, but this is not the way I would have gone about it. Um, and I'm intrigued by Denver. I don't know that they're a winner. I don't know that they're a loser. I'm just intrigued by Denver, which I feel like is a consistent theme. I'm very curious to see how they're going to use Aaron Gordon. And I think that gives them a player who can defend a LeBron or a Kawhi or those types in the playoffs. So it just adds to their sort of arsenal in their approach. Adam, we get to go Adam, to you second on this one. Um, yeah, Ethan sort of took my teams there. I, I <laughs> sort of agree with what he That's said. Okay. I, I don't mind... Um, I don't mind what Miami did. Uh, I think they they're sort of viewed as this defensive team who can who can just shut other teams down. But scoring has been somewhat of an issue. Um, so I think bringing Oladipo in there helps, um, and and potentially Aldridge as well. Um, uh, well, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, as we've sort of touched on, we're not sure how that rotation is going to look. Uh, and I mean, he's not officially with the the heat yet but I think we're all assuming that he's going but yeah look he, I mean he's shown this season and a little bit last season that he, he can stretch the floor a bit which is something Bam doesn't do so they could play him at the four play him a little bit like in the Kelly Olenek role uh, and, and so yeah look I, I think their offense has uh, improved to a point where, where they can compete with some of those higher scoring teams now and not have to rely on their defense quite as much uh, and and yeah, again, I'm similarly. I'm I'm intrigued by by Denver, um, just to see what what Aaron Gordon can do there, um, and how it changes their their makeup. And Brew, what do you got for me, man? This is a weird little uh, trade deadline because I, I thought you put it perfectly, Ethan, about Denver. Intrigued. The, yeah. the it's. I'm happy to see teams take a shot when they. They mm -hmm. have to take a shot. So, I mean, to that end, I think that they did well. The hand that they get dealt is Aaron Gordon and and how they kind of recover from the Gordon and the Michael Porter Jr. To me, like, you feel like you got to sell Michael Porter Jr. high um, yeah. before he sort of shows the league that he doesn't have as much upside as, as you legitimately have to assign to him when you don't know what you haven't seen yet. Um, so they've lost a little on the margins there. Um, Miami, I think they had to make a move. So, um, I think that getting these guys that are offensive minded, we've covered that. I think that that's a, a mild win, Boston mild win. And it's hilarious because th they had this treasure chest of assets that everybody just talked about for so long. And, and here they are sort of grabbing at the bottom of the barrel, just trying to survive. Um, they, they getting, Evan Fournier will address a lot of what ills that team. Um, so maybe they'll start to get it going here as we get going in the, the post-trade deadline scenario. Um, you know, the low-key the low key winner might be the Lakers. You know, they, they didn't get Lowry. Okay, cool. You know, that seemed like it was a long shot anyway. Um, but if they do get Andre Drummond in the buyout market, that's a lot of weight, man. I don't – I mean, especially being able to actually play balanced basketball – you know, while having such a big team, man, I don't know who beats those guys. So uh, them and and I kind of had the Hawks as as winners of the deadline, maybe just because it wasn't a spectacular explosion. You know, they, they've been winning games, uh, dead coach bounce or not, you know, <laughs> maybe getting Rondo out of the room will help. Um, but then losers, man, I'll go with a mild loser for Toronto just because it feels like they've blown it up already and they didn't get anything. Uh, for for Kyle Lowry, maybe maybe they can get something at a you know another juncture. I don't know how that would work out, but uh, the biggest loser is Houston. Yeah, but, what are they? What are you doing, man? Kelly Olynyk, who owns the team. I mean, yeah, come on, Fertitta really did himself in there. <laughs> That's that. That might be the worst return on a, a superstar player 
of all time. Can that you was, believe uh, Nate, Nate Jones tweeted that? That's that's. I'm I, anybody got one better, dude. That team started the year with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. That's crazy. And crazy ca- they were able to trade him, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it's, well, but, there was only one guy in the league they could get for him, and they got him. <laughs> that's but but, but the, the return and the passing on players, you had him in your hands. They traded Karis LeVert away for I Victor mean, Oladipo to get Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a pick swap. Okay, fine. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you don't want to build your team around Karis LeVert, but that. Does, does, the, does the league's revenue sharing program like kick in super fast with the cash? You know? <laughs> Apparently. My <laughs> good like, lord. Need money? Call JG Wentworth. Trade your team. I don't know. 877 cash, cash. now. Yeah. yeah. Well, can't get that one out of the heads. The the uh, opera singers on the bus. That's a commercial that will live in our brains till the day we die. Uh, gentlemen, the three of you, to everyone that has been on this show, we are going into official wrap-up mode. I'm sure that everybody listening, watching, you guys probably have just forgotten you even have the window open at this point. <laughs> I did for a few minutes in there. Uh, Adam King, take a nap, man. Good good morning, and thank you for waking up for this nonsense. <laughs> oh, I've got to go to work now. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Oh, right. Yeah, you're, fri- you're Friday. Happy Friday to yes, you. Yes, I am Friday. Uh, Ethan, so nice to see your lovely punim here on the show. Likewise, uh, I'm going, now going back to work, having just got the second shot of the vaccine, and yeah. uh, I'm going to try to keep it going for the rest of the day. It's been a very exciting uh, Thursday, and I will say that uh, if the Lakers do get Andre Drummond, uh, a lineup that includes Drummond, maybe even Montrez, if you want to get really weird, flanked by LeBron, AD, and Kuzma, <laughs> that's a lot of size on the court at once. That's the biggest lineup of all time. I love it. The Rockets went to everyone under 6'7". The Lakers will go to everyone over 6'10". You can follow Adam and Ethan. Adam is at AdamKing91. Ethan is Ethan underscore Noroff on Twitter. Aaron Bruski, the final few hours with you, my good man, the founder of hoop-ball.com. You go take a rest as well. I know you got uh, a long morning as well. Uh, Aaron, parting thoughts before I tune this thing out? No, it's just a big time for fantasy uh, GMs to to really take this next two, three weeks as like the last good non-silly season ramp. And then um, it'll be silly season, maybe a little less than, than, than normal because of the playing spots. But uh, you're going to see some good basketball here for three weeks and then it'll get real bad. And then uh, we'll, we'll declare our league winners based on all that bad basketball. Well, if, if we can make it to the last day, then it'll be better than last time around. Gentlemen, I bid you all adieu as I figure out how to take faces off of this screen, and then I will do the last little bit myself. And it goes into a full-screen mode, which really highlights how absurd I look these days. Unkempt pandemic haircut style. Uh, Thank you once again to everyone that has been involved in this four-hour monster of a trade deadline special. Thank you to the uh, viewers we had, I think, our si- second highest live viewership in the history of hoopball on this show. The only one, believe it or not, that was higher was the first ever trade deadline live show we did because no one else on the planet was doing one at that point. So we had every single person watching our own show at this one time. So the fact that since then, it's just been this steady upswing. We love you guys. Thank you for hitting that like and subscribe button early on. That helped this show kind of explode the first hour when we opened up, people were waiting. You guys were active. Uh, it's been uh, it's been incredible. I am going to eat something besides the Oreos and the pistachios on my table in front of me. I'm also going to stretch my back because I am hurting. This is like uh, it's like doing a baseball game, I guess. I don't know what I'm complaining about. Those are four hour broadcasts. Uh, this is also the end of the Fantasy NBA Today segment of the proceedings. So thank you to all those that have been listening. Uh, The Friday Fantasy NBA Today show will be an afternoon release most likely as well with kind of a weekend review and maybe we get a little bit more information on the buyout season. Um, What else we got going on? Uh, Go to hoop-ball.com. Check out the premium content over there as well. You can get yourself a fantasy pass for $4.99 a month. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. And again, uh, if you're looking for the Twitter feeds of all of our hosts, they are in the description of this show on YouTube. But I think think let's see if i can rattle those off real quick to you guys before we go uh steve vidovich is steven vidovich s-t-e-p-h-e-n 
V-I-D-O-V-I-C-H. Santino is at Santino Cacone. Last name is C-A-C-C-O-N-E. Uh, Alan Sorokki, last name S-R-O-C-H-I. Aaron Bruski, B-R-U-S-K-I. Surio, Sass Clown, S-A-S-S Clown. Ethan underscore Noroff, N-O-R-O-F. Adam King, 91. That's an easy one. And that is your lineup for today. Thursday, March the 25th. Done. Let's go make some very small adjustments to our fantasy team. So long, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you real soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.